What did you know about your grandpa before the year 2020? Not much, really. I personally never met him. I knew he was a lawyer. I also knew he had a stroke because my mom told me that as a child she was taking care of him. Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. Your mom sometimes mentioned him to me when she was sad, and she even wrote to my mom about him. Remember your Polish mother and my Romanian mother who used to correspond in French? (laughs) And that's probably the only written account that we own from your mom, from his youngest daughter, because your mom died soon, soon after she wrote that letter. And I remember another event related to him. Uh, when my aunt, my mom's older sister, had a stroke herself and she woke up from it and she asked, where is dad, my grandpa? And my mom had to explain to her after that stroke, like, well, he's been dead for 30 years. This is definitely my memory of him, that he shows up in these stories at moments of distress or in end-of-life situations. That's the only anecdotal evidence that we have of him connected to some other traumatic event. So I never really had a full story of his his full life. I knew that he was from a peasant family and had to walk 10 kilometers to school. I knew he was then a lawyer and during the war that he was a legal advisor to one of the resistance organizations. And I knew he was arrested and then uh, interned. I just never knew he was in a concentration camp as well. But this year, I found out a bit more. My um, cousin, the daughter of my mom's older brother, and him showed us a record, a registration document from a concentration camp that they managed to find which wasn't that easy, but they managed to find it on one of the websites that deal with it. And among other things, first finding out about it, but the whole record, the way it looked, was very peculiar and gave me a very strange feeling. So there were there's quite a lot of detail describing his looks, his height, his eye color his profession, the name of his wife, his address, which all checked out. But the the one thing that really stuck to my mind in my mind was the fact that they also recorded that he had three missing teeth. looking at it and I thought this is quite a piece of document that you need to fill in and maintain for a concentration camp prisoner but uh, whether it was just a bureaucracy box to tick or whether there was uh, some other uh, vicious purpose in it I don't know but I remember that really stuck in my mind. I believe it is significant that we unearth this hidden history of your family this year because things sometimes happen when they need to happen 
or rather we become aware of certain stories once we have been sensitized by other events in our lives. I wonder, had we found all these details out in another year when we would have been rushing and having our usual lifestyle, would this story have impacted on us in the same way? Yes, I think this year has made those personal events more, their significance more apparent. But I think just in general, in the current world of a lot of information and media, this uh, personal and more subtle stories just start to have much more significance than they did before. I was recently, we were telling that story to my brother and he mentioned to us that the director of the museum in uh, Auschwitz, which I visited as a child as well, and they were always going for shocking you with the amounts, amounts of shoes, amounts of hair, amounts of anything. And it was shocking, but the underlying assumption was that in Poland during those years, everyone had someone that got, you know, shot in the middle of the street by uh, another human being. And just seeing this, the amounts was, was enough to shock you. But these are new generations now. And apparently those piles of things don't shock them because they don't have that background, that more in-depth understanding. And, and they try to now introduce more stories of one family of one person because that resonates deeper and that definitely that's that's what happened to me that really really that event that somehow brought all that past of Poland to me and especially the past of my family. This is a confirmation that we must remember to tell those stories the good ones but also the bad ones as well. We need to remember and we need to learn to be comfortable with telling the trauma if we can, because there is, as you mentioned, this danger of forgetting, of creating a protective film over the memories. And with that comes the risk that we move on. And by telling our day-to-day stories, in a sense, we train ourselves in telling those harder stories. For instance, I was shocked that we had not been aware of any of these facts for such a long time, that no one had told you about them. It took us up until 40 years old, which is how old we are, to discover this. And I'm aware that it will now take us even longer to digest these facts and then some more time for us to tell those stories to our children and to keep retelling them so that they eventually form part of our identities. So let's just remember to tell the stories. In the context of this year and this podcast too, Let's remember to share the moments of joy that we have experienced, the moments of bravery, but also talk about the discrimination and injustice that has been taking place in our society. Tell those more difficult stories of the pandemic. Let's practice storytelling for a more educated and kinder society. And while we are on the subject of telling those more difficult stories, perhaps you want to mention the messages you received about Maddie's story. I just wanted to say thank you for all the listeners who wrote back with messages of encouragement towards Maddie, and I hope she's listening. I appreciated all of your messages. Thank you. And I would like to share with you two passages from the letters that we have received. 
Will this story be a brighter one in 2021? Can the damage be repaired? We do not know. But what we do know is what history has taught us. We cannot surrender to ignorance, to bigotry, to misogyny, to injustice or to despair. We cannot look away. We must apologize for the multitude of devastating wrongs spreading across our country. We must fight this darkness. Our voices must be louder and our actions bolder. We must believe that we are better than this. Because we are. Thank you for your podcast. It allows us to understand what other people are experiencing in a way that does not divide us but rather unites us. It opens up meaningful conversations across an emotional spectrum. Although we may not be sharing the same identical events, we recognize the human elements that link us to each other. As far as the recommendation, ever since we found out about this little mystery in your family, I kept thinking about the stories that we choose to tell and the stories that we choose to hide and... There is a book that I read recently which talks about secrets and parts of our family history that we choose to hide without saying too much. And the book is Where the Crawdads Sing. It's a really fun book to read and it creates this um, whole complex aquatic world that is fascinating to read about. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Until next time. This is it from us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review or subscribe. Get involved in the conversation each week on my Instagram account at stories.